We know that uh, college campuses, ladies and gentlemen, have become indoctrination centers, and that's far-left radicalism. Uh, how did they get that way? Well, here to discuss is Cherise Trump, Executive Director of Speech First, and her organization been leading the charge against the DEI regime, Diverse Equity Inclusion, uh, that has uh, certainly captured our our colleges and universities. Nice enough to give us a couple of minutes. Sharice, welcome. i got to ask you, uh, from the get-go, Trump, last name, any relation? <laughs> yeah, no relation, but yeah, thanks for having me. I get that question all the time, so I'm used to it. <laughs> there you go. I had to ask that, as I'm sure hundreds of others. Um, but in essence, so, you know, how have we gotten to where we're at right now? Uh, you know, it starts in the Ivy League, and it just permeates. Uh, throughout this country over the last five weeks or so. Uh, Cherise, how did we get that way? Yeah, well, I mean, we, we yeah, you're right in that we're seeing the culmination of what this ideological bent that we're seeing on campuses really looks like right now today. But this has been going on for decades. This is something that you can even trace all the way back to the 60s. You know, there's a, there's a phrase, the long march to the institutions, and we're talking about um, this, what we identify today as a woke ideology, but really it's far-left radical ideology, um, and it's tied directly to Marxist ideas, uh, and, and most of it is very similar to Marxist ideas. Uh, and that has kind of just taken over the academy. And so when, keep in mind, when something takes over our educational, higher education institutions, it's also going to take over the, uh, the way that we train our educators, right? So we're training our educators for K-12, through and they're going to bring those same ideas back down to the, the younger students. So this is something that builds up all the way from K through 12. And then by the time students uh, get to college, they are completely inundated with this idea of America is not a great place. In fact, it's probably a horrible place. It has a long racist history. And therefore, um, you shouldn't be proud of it. Instead, you should try to change it, fundamentally change what it is. Uh, and that you should look at the world through the lens of oppressor and oppressed in order to understand who the victims are. And the oppressed, which are the victims, are the ones that are essentially going to have, get to lay the terms for, for what, who the bad guys are. They're going to get to identify who all the bad guys are, and they're going to group everyone into these categories in order to divide them. And we can go more into the weeds on that, but that's really when you say, where does this come from? This is something that has been festering for a long time on campuses, and the anti-Semitism is just a natural part of this. They see Jewish groups or Jewish people as essentially the top of the pyramid of privilege. Uh, they see them as the oppressors. They see them as the colonizers when they're talking about Israel. So there's a long history here of anti-Semitism as well on the college campuses, which is why the university leadership struggled to really uh, call out the Hamas terrorism on October 7th, because they knew that they would be upsetting another group, the far left group on their campuses, the woke group. I'm talking with uh, Cherise Trump. Um... Yeah, it's been a delayed response with a lot of these college presidents and everything else. I can only imagine that they're worried about their donors and alumni as far as the future is concerned. My other concern is the fact of a lack thereof as far as the history and everything else that has gone on here. You go back to 1947, go back to the 19th century, as a matter of fact, between Israel and those surroundings. So in essence... There is a lot of detail that has been left out as far as the history books at these colleges. That concerns me, too, as far as the learning, so-called learning institutions here. Yeah, 100 percent. And, you know, administrators and university leadership have really backed themselves into a corner because they've spent the last couple of decades really kowtowing to this 
far left ideology on campuses, uh, and now we see this um, this extreme growth of what is called diversity, equity, and inclusion departments, um, which is essentially woke ideology, but in practice. Uh, and that's you know, what they do is they put students into categories, into groups, and ensure that they understand that they're different and that they don't have a lot in common. In fact, some groups are more privileged than others. And so you have to watch out for things like microaggressions or bias or triggers. So they really put students in this mindset that there's nothing really that unites them. And this is what creates that severe division that you're seeing on campuses where they can't engage, they can't debate, they can't have discussion, but they also struggle to engage with opposing ideas and ideas that they've never heard before because, again, they're very... Um, they're very inundated in this type of thinking that, no, this is how the world is. There's no flexibility in uh, the oppressor-oppressed mentality uh, and kind of like that victimization idea. So and university administrators have really backed themselves in a corner because they've kind of been spouting these ideas for so long, and now they're in a position where suddenly with the pro-Palestinian and pro-Hamas protesters, Suddenly, the university administrators are like, oh, no, no, we want to be viewpoint neutral. We don't want to take a position um, because they don't want to support terrorists, but they also don't want to be caught supporting Israel as well. Uh, and they also now support free speech because they want the pro-Palestinian protesters to be able to uh, make their threats at, at whoever they want, um, the Jewish students on their campuses. So, again, this is they, they are seriously struggling with this. And, of course, like you mentioned, the donors pulling out is a huge influence. It's, uh, you know, that's suddenly they're, they're changing their, their tone now that donors are pulling out or now that their reputations are being dragged in the mud. But keep in mind, also, the Department of Education's Office of Civil Rights is now investigating a number of universities, I think at least six universities, for um, violation, Title VI violations against Jewish students. Um, and that is uh, Columbia University and Cornell University are included in that list. And so it's, it's important to recognize that there are some serious incidents taking place this is not just protesters fighting, you know, kind of going at it, you know, vocally. This is people threatening to actually kill their fellow Jewish students. This is real true threats. This is actual incitement of violence. Uh, there's, this is not necessarily protected speech in all cases, and that's why the Department of Education is investigating it. You know, when you think about DEI, diversity, equity, inclusion, it's almost like a ruse, you know? It's almost as if it's completely benign as far as the overall meeting here but the lasting effects the cultural wars that it has produced the wokeism uh education wise uh it has uh it has become completely distorted as far as the student uh, is concerned and, and that's why i say it's almost kind of a ruse the way it's portrayed you know sharice almost it absolutely is. Yeah, it absolutely is. It, um, it's a huge moneymaker, too. It uh, brings in millions of dollars for the universities to have these departments. You see a lot of states these days that are um, now, there's, a, there's a, a number of states that are starting to step up and, you know, start to audit them and un- try to understand what are you spending all of this money on? Why do you need an entire department for DEI? Uh, these are, again, this is like hundreds of staff millions of dollars of taxpayer money, of, of uh, donor money going into this stuff. Um, and it's not really doing anything other than causing serious divisiveness on campus. We've seen, I mean, everyone who's paying attention to what's going on in college campuses right now can say that it is definitely worse than it was before. So, and the newest thing on campus that could be a causative factor is these DEI departments. And we have to remind ourselves, it's not just the departments themselves. 
this DEI, this this woke ideology, this DEI uh, political agenda, it is built into the curriculum. It's built into the faculty and the faculty departments as well. So it's important to understand that when we try to eradicate it from campus, it's not just a matter of defunding the EI departments. You have to find other ways and alternatives to counter the narrative on campus by, you know, some you've seen a number of states, Ohio, I think North Carolina and Arizona have started these uh, constitutional and civic centers on their campuses in order to help teach students about the Constitution. You know, these are things. It's shocking um, how many students have never read the Constitution. There's just no understanding of American history 100%. or anything about this country. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's just amazing. Like you said, the lack of history, the lack of knowledge on all of that. Yeah, that's the scary part of it. And, you know, even, even before coming on the air this morning at 6, uh, I had heard another $114 million is going to be invested as far as DEI programs. And, you know, you talk about the financial uh, lucrative nature of it all. You know, a new class of, of employee. I, I was reading also last year LinkedIn ranked uh, diversity and inclusion uh, a manager, uh, for instance. I think it was the second fastest growing job of the last five years. Hmm. I mean, that is really and, – and to me, that's what it's all about. It, there's such a, a falsified notion here of these programs yeah. that continue to be rolled out, DEI-related, of course, trainings, programs, students, faculty, uh, freshman orientation. I can only imagine that stuff going on. Uh, I mean, it is full-blown right now. Yeah, we did a report last year. Um, We sent records requests out to a bunch of public universities uh, in every state to see what they were teaching in their freshman orientations because we wanted to know how much of this DEI stuff was being taught. And it's 90% of the material that students are being exposed to, we found, uh, is basically DEI. And when we say DEI topics, we're talking um, even political uh, political activities, social justice topics, Black Lives Matter topics, um, but a lot of it's anti-racism, uh, you know, various other progressive ideas, uh, Talking, teaching students about microaggressions, teaching them about trigger warnings, bias response teams, uh, teaching them about, you know, the, the history of racism in, in America and, and, and also about gender ideology. This is what students are going to their freshman orientations learning. It has literally nothing to do with what they should be expecting on campus uh, when it comes to their classwork and, uh, you know, teamwork or any any kind of uh, topic or narrative that would unite them. Instead, it's all about why they are all different, why they um, why they're all in different categories, how they should be careful not to offend each other and how easy it is to offend one another. So all they're doing is just coming out of that thinking, oh my gosh, i got to walk on eggshells. I'm just not going to engage with people because I'm afraid I'm going to offend them. Like literally anything you can do could offend someone. When I ask students what microaggressions are, they oftentimes don't even have, they don't know. They say you don't know what a microaggression is until you commit one. And so it's because it could be anything, and universities even told students, it could be anything as simple as just asking where one is from or asking why they're majoring in a specific uh, topic. And this is, you know, this is not going to set the stage for open discourse and debate, which are vital to intellectual development on college campuses. And, you know, you're seeing, and by the way, in that same report, we also asked to see how many of them mentioned free speech or viewpoint diversity. Only 30% of the schools even mentioned those phrases once in their materials, and it was still a seven-to-one ratio of DEI topics to free speech or viewpoint diversity topics. So this just goes to show you where the priorities are. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's important to recognize that 
look, when we say DEI, we're not talking about what the, what the title is, which is diversity, equity, and inclusion, because that's just that's just a euphemism for what they actually are doing. What they do is well, some of the most divisive tactics that we've ever seen on college campuses, and it's to pit students against one another so that essentially the authoritarian regime, which is the apparatchik of the administrators on campuses, uh, gets to all the power. They get all the say. They get to set the ground the, the ground rules, and, and and basically they get to pursue their own political agendas when, when the students are constantly focused on just being offended by one another. Uh, and so this is uh, it's un- unfortunate because it means no learning is actually taking place. The students don't get to actually have class discussion. I've talked to a number of faculty who say they don't even open up. You know, at the end of your class, usually like the last twenty minutes is open discussion for uh, for the topic of the lecture. They don't even do that anymore. They usually just lecture and leave now because they're so afraid that if they open up for discussion that they're going to be accused of creating an unsafe environment and then they'll get in trouble. So they just don't even let the students engage anymore because it's too dangerous. No doubt about it. I still, you know, say these these university uh, presidents uh, have to do a better job of leading. And uh, if they 100%. can't... If they can't, uh, Charisse, uh, they they ought to go into another line of work, really. Uh, Leaders must lead. We don't see that on our campuses. I'll give you a final word on this, my dear. Yeah, I mean, that's what we're seeing right now is, you know, students and anyone who's in a leadership position, they need to have a sense of moral clarity. And students and people who are looking to them for for their education want to see that moral clarity. And so to be able to come out and say something as simple as, we condemn terrorist activities. We condemn what Hamas did on October 7th. That should be a really easy thing to say. And these university leaders really, really failed at that. So that's just something that goes to show that there's an alternative agenda there. Sharice Trump, ladies and gentlemen, uh, well done. Look forward to having you back on the show. Uh, I think it's an important topic. I think discussions uh, have to be in play here without question, without question, because without them, we don't have anything. So we thank you. The executive director of Speech First and certainly Sharice's organization have been leading the charge uh, against the DEI regime that has certainly captured our country regarding our campuses, universities, and uh, overall education system. Can't thank you enough. Great holiday to you. We'll talk. Thanks. You as well. Have a good one. Appreciate it. Sharice Trump.